We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. Thank God for being here on today. We thank him again for another chance. We thank him for keeping us all last week and allowing us to be here this morning. Amen, amen. A day that we've never seen before and will never see again. But God, amen. He is with us, leading, guiding, and protecting us, and we thank him for that. We thank him just for all that he has done, for even what some may say are the small things. We are going to know that the small things is what keeps us going from day to day. Some people might look at some things as being small, but they're big, and in retrospect, they're big. And so we thank God. We thank Brother Steve for the wonderful music on this morning, the songs that prep our hearts and our minds, if you allow it to. If you bring your mind in and start to focus on the music that is, that is going forth and truly enter in praise and worship, you will uh, get a better feel, a better understanding, and be able to to enter in. And so we just thank God for for that. Amen. This morning, the last song was saying that we must praise. No matter who or what we are, we must praise. So we're going to give God all the praise on this morning. We're going to lift his name on high. Pray, God, that our minds and spirits are ready to receive what God has for us today. So I will be your speaker um, this morning, Sister Rollins. And I'll bring forth the the message. Uh, Call the name Jesus is the title of our is our subject today. Call the name Jesus. It'll be found in Philippians two eight three eleven. That's Philippians two eight three eleven. Good morning, Faith Temple. I'll be reading the scriptures for today. Again, the scripture reading is coming from Philippians two eight three eleven. I'm going to be reading the Amplified Version and the easy-to-read version. The Amplified Version says, After he was found in, his ter- in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, also because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. I will also be reading the easy-to-read version, and it reads, He humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death, death on a cross. So God raised him up to the most important place and gave him the name that is greater than any name. God did this so that every person will bow down to honor the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow. They will all confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, and this will bring glory to God the Father. May God add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. Amen. Thank you, April. Let us pray. 
Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you on this morning, God. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you, God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your goodness, kindness, and mercy, God. Lord, we start by giving you all praise, honor, and glory, God. We start this morning giving you the first fruit, Father God, lifting up our hands to you, God, thanking you, God, for your word, thanking you, God, for your guidance, God. On this morning, Father God, Lord, we invite you in to have your way on today, Father God. Lord, you give me what to say, God. You give me what to do. Give me what to put my hands to, and I'll do it, God. We thank you on this morning. Again, we give you our praise, honor, and glory. Have your way today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. So good morning again, Faith Temple. It is an honor and a privilege to be here on this morning to, to bring forth the word of God. I pray that you all are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, our subject today is call the name Jesus. And again, the scriptures were Philippians 2, 8 through 11. So we start by talking about what does it mean to call the name of God, uh, call the name of Jesus. So we know that the, uh, the Hebrew word for call means to cry out, cry unto. And the Greek word means to invoke a person, to call a person by name. And so when we call someone by, by name, it's not just when we're calling Jesus, we're invoking him. We're calling him uh, that we might have a need or a desire, something to uh, ask for. So in calling him, it's like uh, when a mother hears a call of a, of a child or when a child calls out to that mother because they're in distress, if they're hurt. Something is wrong, and when they call out, when the mother hears the call of that child, she runs to him and maybe wipe away his tears, maybe soothe him. Children cry out to their parents when they're hungry, tired, uh, hurt, scared, lonely, sad, disappointed. They cry out because they recognize that they are helpless in the situation, and they need the care or protection and touch of their parents. Does that sound familiar? Because we call Jesus or we cry out to Jesus, our Lord, with those same needs and desires in one. And so we call out to him again and we say we, we, um, we invoke him. We invoke him when we call out. And so, uh, again, the, the definition for invoking means to request earnestly something from somebody, ask for aid or protection, appeal to somebody for help. Invoke God in times of trouble. Appeal. Call for, call for a request. Re, uh, bespeak. Express the need or desire for, ask for. All of that comes from invoking. So when we call out to Jesus, it is a, a, a call for help. It is a call for uh, sometimes we're in even distress. So it may not just be a call for help. It may be distress. There is a difference. When we are in distress or when, we, when we're just calling, you know, help, Lord. So that's a distress signal for him. And he, he, uh, he's so keen to us. He knows when we're calling and he hears us when we call, even our faintest cry. So we, we see that the, the practice of even calling on God began long ago with the third generation of mankind. In Genesis 4, 26, it tells us that, and to Seth also a son was born. And he called his name Enosh. At that time, men began to call upon the name of Jehovah. But why did they do this? The meaning of the name Enosh means 
frail mortal man. And because of mankind's fall, man was frail. From the time of Enosh, people realized the emptiness and vanity of life apart from God and was well as their own frail and as well as their own frailty and mortality. So when we began to call upon the name of Jehovah, the Hebrew word for Lord, the meaning of the name Jehovah is I am that I am. When Moses was, con was concerned about who he would tell the children of Israel had sent him, the Lord spoke in Exodus 3, 12 to 14, and he said, certainly I will be with, you, with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent you. He is the unique and eternal God. That's why frail, mortal human beings call upon him. Because they realize just, just as a child is helpless and in need of the eternal God. And that's how we have to come to him as a child. We have to come to him desiring and wanting him and our calls evoking him. And calling upon him not just to lust upon ourselves, but for his goodness and grace. So we're asking him, telling him that we need more of him. Not just we're calling his name just to call his name. You know that even in the natural, we don't, we don't do that. We don't take that too well when someone just calls our name. And then when we look or when we come, uh, then there's nothing. Oh, I was just saying your name. Oh, I didn't want really anything. So when we call upon the name of God because he hears each and every one of us and he knows our voice, we need to come with something. Come asking or come, come giving him praise even, bringing praise to his name when we call it out. So the condition of humanity today is the same as it was in Enosh's time. We still frail and, and mortal, and life is often confusing, full of turmoil, and even overwhelming at times. We're limited, both physically and psychologically. We need the eternal God. You know that there are times that things have gotten so bad for you, so out of hand, until sometimes all you can say is Jesus. With tears rolling down your face, you say it again, Jesus. By now you start to feel a little something, a bit of something, and, and it seems like it may not be so bad, and so you say the name again, Jesus. Now you're starting to feel a little something. You're starting to say it with confidence. A ray of hope starts to build on the inside just from saying the very name Jesus. And again, this time you say it. And you say it with boldness. You say it with fervency. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everything, everything is all right. Now from the time that you felt hopeless or you felt in, in distress or you felt like it's just, it's not going well, then you began to say the name Jesus, calling out to him, invoking him even, from that time until the time when you begin to feel your strength. It's a small frame of time, but so much happens when you call the name Jesus. Nothing stays the same. 
I dare you to be down. I dare you to be in distress. I dare you to begin to feel hopeless or depressed and then start to call the name Jesus. Take your mind off of whatever situation is going on and start to say Jesus. Say the name over and over. There's power within that name and it cannot be denied. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus that cannot be denied. There's joy, love, and forgiveness all in the name of Jesus. And anytime you feel the need, he died so that you are able to come boldly. So anytime you feel the need to cry out, to invoke the name of Jesus, he's there and he hears you. He will not turn his back on you. The word says that he'll be with you always, even even until the end. So even in the end, when you call out Jesus, he still hears you. He still hears that humble cry. He still hears you, and he knows us name by name. So he knows my name from Cheryl's name, from April's name, from Brother Steve's name. He knows our cry. He knows our voice. Do you know God's voice that way? When he calls, do you hear him, and do you understand, and do you know that it is God calling you? Becoming his sheep will teach you to understand and to hear and understand and recognize the call of God. Recognize when he's talking to you. Know his voice. If you put someone in a room, a child in a room with four or five people and, you, and their mother calls out to them, they know the sound of their mother's voice because they spent time with her because they heard that voice before. So when you start to think something, when you start to hear something, you say, well, I don't know if that was God. That may mean that you're not spending enough time to know that voice. Because when that voice rings out, it should ring out like no other. You should know that voice. And so our scripture today was saying, and I reread the easy to read version, it said, he humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death, death on the cross. So God raised him up to be the most important, in the most important place and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. God did this so that every person will bow down to honor the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow. They will all confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And this will bring glory to God the Father. So I wanted to reread that because I wanted to put emphasis on verse 9 that says, so God raised him up to the most important place and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. So his name is great. God made it great. God gave him that name and he made it great. So a lot of people do a lot of things and their name becomes great. They start calling out because the thing here is that Jesus' name is great, not because it's just great. It's great because God made it great because of what he did. So if you go to school to, to be a chef and you start to cook and you do all this stuff, the goal is, from my understanding, is to be a master chef. And so you don't just start scrambling eggs and all of a sudden you're a master chef. There's some things you have to go through in order to be a master chef. And it's going to take more, I'm sure, than just being able to scrabble an egg. So once you've gone through some things, maybe school, maybe working, maybe, you know, the experience of it all, then you become the master chef. And so we look at what's going on here today with God raising Jesus up to the most important place and giving him a name greater than any other. 
Listen, it's not nepotism here. Yes, Jesus is God's son, and who and whoever. However, there was a debt that was owed, and there was a price that you couldn't do anything about. It needed to be paid, but you couldn't do anything about it. So it had to be Jesus. We needed a savior for this world. It had to be someone that was not born in, born and shaped in iniquity, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We needed someone that was able to stand in proxy for us. So that threw all of us out. It had to be someone who would be able to die for those who he knew would blow it again and again and again. It had to be someone that could withstand the lies, the cheating, the betrayal. It had to be someone without a spot or a blemish. It had to be Jesus. It had to be him. God the Father watched all of this unfold. The only part he missed was when he had to turn his face from Jesus while he bore your sins and mine. So God did not stop loving his son. However, he did turn his face from him. The love was still there, but he was separated. So why, you ask? Because God made him who had no sin, he made him sin for us. And you can read that in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Jesus was carrying all our sins. The thing that you only told one person that you did or that you said, you only told, but God still knows and he died for that. The thing that you did that everybody knows, God died for that. What you were about to say and what you were about to do, even though it wasn't of God, Jesus died for that so that you might have a right to come boldly to the throne of grace, to call his name, to invoke him, to move on your behalf. Jesus already knew, so it had to be him because you couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. Just to be talked about over and over again, and God forbid being lied upon. We couldn't take it, so it had to be Jesus. So even though your salvation is free, it was not cheap. That was a price that was paid for it, and Jesus paid that price. Now, verse 9, saying God raised him to the most important place and gave him the name that's greater than any, hopefully that gives a little more insight on how that all went down. So Jesus didn't just step up and say, hey, I'm the greatest. He proved it. He lived it. He went through some things all because of you so that you wouldn't have to, that you would still have a right to come to the Father, so that you would still have a right to speak his name out loud. Even the fact that we're able to pray and we're able to say in Jesus' name, that's a stamp of approval. That's a stamp of approval on your prayer. And so when we pray at the end, when we say in Jesus' name, it's not just routinely saying in Jesus' name. That's a stamp of approval over what we pray. When we pray for people to be healed and we say in Jesus' name, we're standing proxy for Jesus. I'm the Jesus with the clothes on. I'm the Jesus with the flesh on. Saying in Jesus' name that it might be done. And so we can call on his name through prayer. We can call on his name. We call on it in song. We sing about him. We, we teach about him. We pray about it. So we can call the name of Jesus because there's much that lies in that name. If you want to fill a room up, 
you can say the name of Jesus. If you want to empty a room, just say the name of Jesus. It has the power to do both. Amen? So Jesus Christ is Lord. And we all are going to confess that. Every knee, it said, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. And that is what is going to bring God the glory. Just the mention of his name. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Look at the person to the left or to the right. Point at yourself and say, use your words. Because it said, if you open your mouth, we got to say some things. Open your mouth. Use your words. We do, we do it all the time with doubt, fear, and unbelief. Why not use it for the glory of God? You spoke it. You believed it in your heart. And so it was. And so now we look at that time to use it for Jesus. And so in that verse, it's telling us that open your mouth and say, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe it in your heart, and you will be saved. The moment we first believed and we first called on God, confessing his name with our mouth, we were saved eternally from God's judgment. We were forgiven of our sins and justified in Christ and have a brand new life with God. It didn't take a whole lot. We didn't have to do all that that Jesus did. The price had already been paid. You couldn't pay the debt that was already owed. It had to be Jesus. And so he paid that. So now all you have to do is step up and open up. Open up your mouth and confess that he is Lord. Believe it in your heart. And immediately you go from death to life, eternal life, not just life, but eternal life. He died that we might live, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we get confused on that because we think that living an abundant life means that I got the big old house, the big car, the, the, the good job, and uh, my family's always acting right. My kids are scholars. My, my parents are well off. And we think that that's the abundant life, and that's not. Don't miss it. That's not the abundant life. Those things are mere trinkets in God's eyesight. But you live in the life that he's called you to. You live in the life that he has set before you walk it out the path that he has for you. That's abundant life. Knowing that what you do is blessed by God. Knowing that he is leading and guiding you. Showing you the way and you walking in that path. That's the abundant life. Resting in him even when there's turmoil all around us and you're able to go to sleep at night. You're able to lie your head on a pillow and sleep all night long. That's the abundant life. When you're not worried about what's going on because you know that your life is in God's hands. Nobody can use you because you're already being used by God. And when they talk about you, they have a good subject because you are a child of the Most High King. So what better to talk about than you? And if they ridicule you and, and, and lie on you and say all those false things against you, you don't have to worry about it because God is your protection. He is your protection. And if he bring you to it, he'll bring you through it. He won't allow anything to happen to you that he's not going to be there with you. All you have to do is call his name. He's not going to let anything happen to you that you can't withstand. 
with his help. And when it gets so hard, when it gets so hard and you just can't see your way through, all you have to do is call on Jesus, say his name, open your mouth, and call out to him. Even when you get yourself in faith, and we've all done that before, and then you see, I, I don't know what I'm doing, Lord, help here. I need your help. And so what happens? He reaches out his arms and he picks you up, and he'll carry you through that. And so we thank God that we have the name of Jesus to call on, the name of Jesus to rest in even. He's a resting place. A heavy load bearer. Oh, yeah, we can rest in him. All we have to do is call on the name of Jesus. By calling his name, this includes being saved daily. So we're saved when we call on him. So we're saved from some things. See, because things and it's and all those things, they can get up under your skin. And, and if you're not careful, will allow you to act in a way that you don't want to act in or you had not prepared to act in. It will uh, cause you, it will almost catch you off guard if you're not prayed up. And so when we call on Jesus, and that's why we are loving when we have prayer in the morning. So many times we've had prayer in the morning, and I got to work, and it, the chaos started within the first 10, 15 minutes. But God, and I think about that prayer that we prayed that morning when we left, when we said shalom, have a good day, have a blessed day. And that starts our day. And so when I get there, it protects me from negative things. It protects me from anger from depression, from impatience, sadness, discouragement, anxiety. Just the name of Jesus. Just the name of Jesus. It carries that weight. Sometimes he has to save us from ourselves. So when we're praying, sometimes we have to say, Lord, save me from myself. I don't always know what I'm doing. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to do something, and then I do it, and then I think, oh, I shouldn't have did that. Why? Because we did not see guidance from him in the first place. But he saves us from ourselves even, even, even from ourselves. When we call on God, when we call on Jesus, we're not merely speaking inspiring words or a positive affirmation to try to improve our mood or, you know, let's just get happy today. That's not what we're doing. We call on the name of Jesus. When we call on him, we're contacting God. He doesn't push that uh, can't talk right now button or, call you back in a minute. He doesn't push that, but he listens. He hears us. So when we call on him, when we call on God who is dwelling in our spirit, it wakes up something on the inside of us as well. As a life-giving spirit that we have on the inside, remember we have the same spirit living on the inside of us that woke him up from the dead. And so when we call, it's a reconnection of that. As we call his name, he saves us by importing more of his divine life into us. He gives us just a little bit more. And we call him again and a little bit more. And we call him again and a little bit more. So calling on Jesus needs to be a practice. It's an essential daily activity that every Christian ought to be doing. Everybody ought to be doing. I've seen some people and heard some people that don't even profess to be Christians that if they get in a tight, oh, Jesus, Lord, help us. They know who they need to call. And so what better, what better person to call on than those that are called by his name? So we call on him. 
soon as we start feeling ourselves drifting away or when we get in a place where maybe we're it's unfamiliar territory with us, all we have to do is say the name Jesus. No matter where we are or whether we call him loudly or softly, just call the name Jesus. He's always available. And so we thank him for always being there, for always being our help and always being our strength. When you call the name Jesus, you say a mighty thing. It's not a small thing. It's a mighty thing. So calling upon the Lord is like drawing a refreshing water from a well. He refreshes us and deeply satisfies us. It's almost like you go and go and go and not have water, and then all of a sudden you get that water, and it feels like you're renewed. So when you've been going through, when times have been tough, and maybe you've been praying, but you hadn't been praying like, like you used to pray, and you get that alone time with God, you get in that closet, and you won't come out until that refresher comes. And so you pray, you call it on the name of Jesus. It's free, it's free, it's free to call his name. And so we have to take advantage of that. We can't uh, consider that something small, something uh, uh, that's not uh, uh, unique, that's not touchable. He's touchable. He's touchable. He answers our prayer. Even like I said, our faintest cry, God is there and he's answering us. In the song Amazing Grace, there was a person who was enjoying the riches of God. How sweet the sound that did what saved a wretch like me. And so we have to thank God for that. We thank him for saving a wretch like us. When there was a debt that I couldn't come near paying, Jesus said, I'll go. I know she can't do it, but I'll go. And he went and he paid the price. And that was so that we would be able to call his name. So if you even know someone that's in distress, you know someone that's in need of the Father, Tell them about calling the name of Jesus. And I hope that on today that you got reminded about calling the name of Jesus and all that lies therein because there's so much in the name of Jesus. Like I said, when you call that name, you can fill up a room or empty a room. And so when you call him, what are you calling him for? Are you calling him to say thank you? Are you calling him because you are distressed? Are you calling him because you feel tired? Are you calling him for that refresher? He's all those things. He can be that breath of fresh air that you need. He can turn a bad situation around in no time. Calling him, focusing on him, focusing on the name of Jesus. Forget about all that's going on around you because guess what? There's always going to be something going on around you. There's always going to be something going on in this world. And all you have to do is say the name Jesus. I was telling my sister, I stopped looking at the news. I got these little uh, apps that, that flashes up uh, news news on my phone. And every time if somebody's died, if somebody's hurt, if somebody's lost, I just say Jesus. Jesus. And don't think just because it's a smile Jesus that comes out that he didn't hear and see the situation and see what I see and hear what I hear. And so when we call Jesus, it's Jesus to the rescue. Jesus, rescue me. Rescue me, Jesus. And so when we call him, we can come boldly to the throne. That's why he came, so we can come boldly. We don't have to be timid about it because he died that we might. We are heirs. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. 
Now, what more can you ask? We're joint heirs. That means what's his is ours, and what God gives him, he gives us. So we're joint heirs with the Savior. And so we say, Jesus. We close our prayers with Jesus. We wake up in the morning with Jesus, and it's Jesus all day long. Call the name Jesus and see what he answer. Keep calling the name Jesus and stay focused on him and see what he answer. Get that refresher every morning you wake up. When we wake up and we have prayer, on one day one person prays about one thing, another day somebody prays about something, every day. Somebody's praying for someone about something, and we start out that day praying and lifting each other up, and we call on the name of Jesus. He is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Give God the glory right where you are. Give him all praise, honor, and glory. I pray that you are blessed on today and that you remember all you have to do is call on the name Jesus. <laughs>